Welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, watch us on YouTube. I'm Caitlin Tipsword. I'm the graphic designer at the library. I'm Lauren W. I work with the teens back in Teen Central. I'm Lauren M. I do the collection development, purchasing adult fiction. I'm Sarah Miller. I'm a library assistant and work in tech and training services. In March, our gallery exhibit is going to be Pastels of Virginia Kramer, open March 8th through 31st. Virginia Kramer is an Indiana artist known primarily for her soft edge like landscapes of Indiana and its historic sites. Our annual arts gala is just around the corner. This show is open to the public from Friday, April 26th to Sunday, April 28th. There will be a reception from 6.30 to 9, Friday, April 26th. I'm actually really looking forward to Arts Gala because I wasn't here last year and I can't wait to see it. You haven't gotten to experience the wonder that is Arts Gala yet. No, I haven't. I've heard good things, though. I'm super pumped. Um, We have a lot of new artists coming in this year. We did a sort of broader approach to contacting artists and getting them interested in joining our gala this year. So I'm very pumped to see all of the new art. Sarah actually is going to be one of our artists at the Ooh, Arts Gala are this you? year. Yes, yes. <laughs> I participated last year. It was a great event. It was really fun, and everyone was really supportive. And um, the gala itself was just um, a great time to kind of network and see other art live in person because art always looks better um, when you're viewing it right there in person. So That's definitely cool. come out and check it out. That's awesome. You're going to give us a preview of what you're putting up, or is it going to be a total surprise? I, I guess I could show you some previews, but um, it's going to be $5 per picture. So, <laughs> Ooh, Okay, well, that's right in my price point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we are going to talk about some fun stuff, but first we're going to talk about some upcoming programs. I'm pretty excited about Teen Tech Week. Teen Tech Week is March 4th through 9th, and we're going to do a lot of fun stuff this year. So last year, our first big thing was we bought virtual reality for the teens, and that was a whole lot of fun. So our special thing this year is I bought a green screen for us to be able to make some videos and photos and be able to play around with that. Oh, that's so cool. Are you going to put the stuff up, like the photos and things up around Teen Central or the library? Oh, I bet I will. I think the kids will be so excited to show off what they have made. I really hope you have someone climbing the Empire State Building like King Kong. I really hope that's in there. (laughs) I'm going to see what they're interested in. I don't know. We're just going to go with the flow on that one. But that is a high possibility, I'm sure. All right. We're also going to do some other fun things. We're going to play a board game that involves a tech element called Alchemist. There's an app you download that helps you figure out which elements uh, mix with other elements in a certain way. I think that's a lot of fun. And then we're also going to make LED paper flowers. We're going to learn a lot about um, Libby and Overdrive. And then we're also going to play more with the VR because, I mean, you can't pass that up. So I'm excited. That sounds super fun, especially the game Alchemists. Mm -hmm. I like that tech element in it. I wouldn't have expected that in a board game. Well, you can check it out here at the library. So it's a fun one. I've never heard of LED paper flowers, so I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Just in general, it's going to be a great week. Sounds like you've got a great lineup here. We're all excited about one different thing. I like so, that. yeah. Okay, Thursday, March 7th, we will have a silver screen special showing of Forrest Gump. Okay, how many of you here remember when Forrest Gump came out? I want to see exactly how old I am compared to the rest of you. 
I don't. When did it come out? I saw it in the theaters <laughs> oh, with my no. parents. Oh, oh good, right. good. I'm normally the oldest one in the podcast, so yay. <laughs> and uh, it's actually my all-time favorite movie. So oh, yay. It's the one movie that always makes me cry at the end. <laughs> it's a great, great movie. It, good it soundtrack, is. It's a beautiful too. movie. Again, that is March 7th from 12 to 2.30, and Friends of the Library will pre- will be providing fish sandwiches and potato chips for lunch. I think the only thing that can make it better is if it was shrimp instead of fish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of shrimp. <laughs> Probably a little difficult to get fresh uh, shrimp yeah. here this time of year, though. <laughs> We're not that great for that. Rounding out the winter months, um, youth services will be doing something pretty awesome during spring break. School-aged kids and tweens can come to the children's room to get a mystery bag. The bag will contain some materials to complete a mystery engineering challenge. So that seems pretty neat with all the STEM elements going on. Um, This program is going to run from Friday, March 22nd through Sunday, March 31st. So if you're looking for something fun to do during your spring break week this year, come on by the library, check out our STEM activities, and maybe even check out a couple of our STEM kits. I'm interested to see what the mystery challenge is. I want to see it all when it's finished. I know. When I saw that description originally, I was like, what is this? Is it like a grab bag? But then an engineering challenge part Mm -hmm. really kind of grabbed me. That sounds like better than getting prizes. It's like you get an activity of something fun to do. Right. Exactly. And now for a word from one of our sponsors. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Canopy. Canopy, on-demand video streaming service, stream over 26,000 carefully selected films from hundreds of popular producers, such as the Criterion Collection, The Great Courses, and PBS, as well as thousands of independent filmmakers. Canopy. Okay, so it is starting to warm up. Maybe. This is Indiana, but we are we are quickly approaching spring, and a lot of people start thinking about gardening around this time of year. And I'm going to confess, I am a planticidal maniac. <laughs> I flat out cannot garden. I cannot keep a plant alive. So I'm not going to be talking much during this part of the conversation. I'm going to be listening and learning because... Sarah, I hear you are quite the fabulous gardener. I I try. I didn't start out so great either. Um, We started with um, just doing like a small garden plot when we first moved into our new home a couple years ago, and it's um, snowballed into companion planting, organic gardening, and composting. So um, I'll uh, chat a little bit about that throughout the podcast. I actually started my first garden last year, um, and it went pretty well. I had some trouble at the end trying to figure out when to harvest, Mm. so that's something I'm going to work on this year. Um, I created my garden last year using all library materials, so... It's very cool. That's something I'm excited to talk about this time around. Yeah, I did go into the 630s for all of you Dewey Decimal heads out there. If you go to our 630s in nonfiction, we have a ton of gardening books from um, how to grow your own food, how to cultivate Japanese maples, rooftop gardens, container gardens, rock gardens, which is probably something that I should do so I don't kill more plants. <laughs> but there, the gardening section in our library is wonderful. And as Caitlin, you and I were talking about this, you really used 
the section and you had a lot of success. Oh yeah, absolutely. I actually, two books that I used, um, particularly to create my garden, to kind of plan it out, plan out what I was going to purchase. So I didn't spend an exorbitant amount of money on non-necessary things. Um, I use the Midwest Gardener's Handbook um, by Melinda Myers, which we do have here. And it, like Lauren said, it is in the 630s. It's 635. Um, another one was also a Midwest book. It was Midwest Fruit and Vegetable Gardening, also um, by Katie Eliza Peters. So both of those books were really good about picking things to plant that would work in Indiana because I want to grow good. fun and exotic things that would never grow here and would definitely die. Um, <laughs> so it's good to kind of put myself into perspective and plan out the garden, plan out my budget. That sounds good. really good. Yeah. yeah. And there's some uh, really great local um, plant and garden centers, too. And I would assume that you could walk into any one of them and get some advice, too. You had mentioned that you had gone to Cox's Plant Farm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I've found a lot of help out at Frazy Gardens in Brownsburg. So um, that would be another good place to start. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of other fun things. You were talking about organic gardening earlier. So you've done a little bit of organic gardening before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really, it was really important to me um, to do an organic garden. I didn't want to put um, any kind of chemicals on the fruits and vegetables. I knew that my kids would be out there, you know, picking tomatoes straight off the plants and eating them. Um, My daughter really got attached to the green beans. Um, (laughs) So it was really important to me that we went about it um, as chemical free as possible which is why we started the compost. So we would have um, fresh organic matter to um, cultivate the soil and um, to avoid um, getting pests and bugs. uh, We did companion planting. Um, You basically um, plot out your garden and certain plants or flowers will help to um, repel um, those pests that would eat up your garden. So, um, for example, marigolds, great to keep rabbits Mm -hmm. out, and um, a lot of different herbs and stuff that are fragrant, like rosemary, for example, will keep a lot of nasty bugs out of your garden. Yeah, I tried to do companion uh, gardening this past year, and I was not very successful at it. The herbs and things that I was growing to keep all the bugs out didn't end up growing so then all the bugs came and it was it was a whole big mess yes. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna found, try again um, planting the herbs and stuff in pots were great too because right. then you could kind of move them around in, within your garden so oh, that is really smart yeah. and I heard that with marigolds they attract bees which helps they with can. pollination yes. oh, but yeah. if you but if you are allergic to bee stings that is something else to be aware of <laughs> very true <laughs> that is something I needed last year I had trouble getting my um, cucumbers and zucchini to pollinate yeah. Like a lot of trouble with that. So I'll have to look into that this next season. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in organic gardening, one resource that I found that the library has that has a lot of detail um, about organic gardening as a whole and as kind of like a, a movement um, was on our Canopy resource, which is like a streaming source, kind of like Netflix. Um, it has tons and tons of videos from how-to series to documentaries to pretty popular indie films. Um, One of the films that I've added to my watch list on there is In Organic We Trust, Understanding Organic Food. It's supposed to kind of talk about like what makes something certified organic, which is interesting to me since you were talking about companion gardening. I was thinking I didn't use chemicals on my garden last year. I used neem oil, but I'm not sure if that 
would be considered an organic compound or not. Um, so that would be kind of an interesting film that's kind of gonna, that kind of going to explore what makes something organic if organic gardening is really better for us or is it kind of like a hype thing? Just kind of all of the facets of organic gardening. Those sound like some really good resources, too, for people that are more uh, visual learners, like sitting down and reading a book might not be for you, um, but here you can um, view it and maybe see people in action um, working on their gardens. Oh, yeah, that is definitely me. I could read a fiction book all day long, but give me a nonfiction book and I am bored to tears. So I really enjoy having something that is a video or that is like a podcast or something like that that I can listen to or watch because I'm not going to sit down and read an entire nonfiction book to learn about a subject. So, yeah, Canopy can be found on the library's website, and that's Canopy with a K, not a C, if you're having a hard time finding it. Yeah, and they actually they have a ton of resources that um, a, a ton of video series that have to do with gardening. Um, if you go to their instructional films and lessons and then select food technology, there are literally like at least a hundred things on there to choose from. So something to look into. So please check out Canopy, <laughs> seriously. And even if you're not into gardening, I think check it out because there's other stuff, not just gardening and food information on there. Now, if you're really excited about gardening, though, we do have quite a few gardening-related programs coming up. Um, March 9th, that's a Saturday, from 2 to 3 p.m., Everyday Gourmet is doing field greens and cooking greens. What are field greens? Basically, any kind of edible plant that grows wild or from cultivation. So if people are telling you to get more green, that's what they mean. You know those dandelions you see growing on the side of the road? I've heard people cook up dandelion mm. greens. I've never tried them, but... They do. Um, there was this one book when I was a child that I read at our um, elementary school library, and it was called Dollars for Dandelions, yeah. and I was obsessed with it, <laughs> and it was all about how to make money as a kid, and one of them was to collect dandelions and then sell them to your local grocer so that okay. they could put them in salads. <laughs> oh, nice. And so Dollars for That's Dandelions, funny. but I was obsessed with that book. I had to have checked it out. 50 times. <laughs> That's great. Um, another really neat program that we have coming up is our Crafty Crew program. We do this monthly, um, but on Thursday, March 14th from 2 to 3 p.m., we will be planting succulents. So, Lauren, if it's like you are where you don't like to garden very much um, and you don't have, you don't know a lot about maintaining a plant, succulents are really great for first-time plant growers. Um, they don't need a lot of attention. They do need a lot of water, so I guess they're going to be going through, they're going to be planting succulents, materials are provided, and I'm sure she's going to go through the care of them and how to keep yours alive. <laughs> so that is something that is registration required, so you'll have to go to our website at plainfieldlibrary.net to our events page and register for that program. Again, it's on Thursday, March 14th from 2 to 3 p.m. So I was really excited because I found a YA book that was kind of about gardening, but it's also kind of fantasy as well. So it's called The Secret of a Heart Note by Stacey Lee. It's about um, a teenager that is from a long line of women who make what we would call love potions, essentially. But they have a um, special sense of smelling. So they garden and they take care of all their own stuff. They 
plant everything that they need for their love potions, and then they can tell by smell what people need specifically for their love potion. So they can tell by smell all these things, and it's very interesting. And um, the problem is if you um, are an aromateur and you fall in love, then you lose your sense of smell. So this teenager is having a hard time because she's wanting to be a normal teen. She convinced her mom to let her go to public school instead of being homeschooled and then just doing this essentially – But then she gives a woman the wrong love potion, and in order to fix it, she has to team up with the soccer star from school, and she realizes that sometimes you can't control who you fall in love with. (laughs) So I think um, that's a fun, interesting book. So there's lots of good descriptions of plants and smells and all that stuff. It kind of makes you feel like you're there in a giant garden. So I really like that one. That's cool. Yeah. Another book that, like, comes to my mind when I'm thinking about gardens, and I've been thinking about it the whole time that I've been kind of putting these – thinking about different resources for gardening, and this isn't really a resource, but you mentioned a YA book. Mm-hmm. Um, Wicked Like a Wildfire has mm. so much garden imagery in it. That's true. And I think about it all the time when I'm planting my garden. I feel like I'm a witch and I'm planting my <laughs> beautiful garden. There's uh, a lot of stuff like that. I always know, wondered if... inspire you. No, you never know. <laughs> I always wondered if my neighbors thought I was kind of weird when they would look out their uh, window and see me smelling things in my garden and collecting <laughs> all my herbs. I was always thinking, what did they think I'm using this all for? But it was, it was mainly just for cooking, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you could make potions out of it. I don't know. It sounds like it. <laughs> uh, gardening fiction is actually a thing in cataloging, which I recently hmm. discovered when we talked about gardening, and... Um, most of your gardening fiction seems to kind of fall along the lines of cozy mysteries, which, if you know me, you know I love the cozies. <laughs> um, and we do have two uh, gardening mystery series here. There's the Darling Dahlia's Mysteries by Susan Wittig Albert. Um, if you are also into historical fiction, this might be an interesting read for you. It takes place in 1930s Alabama. And there are um, eight books in the series so far, so if you're interested in getting started with it, uh, the first one is The Darling Dahlias and the Cucumber Tree. (laughs) The Darling Dahlias are a gardening club of women from the 1930s, and they are high society, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of tea parties involved Mm. in this as well. Uh, And then there's a brand new series uh, by Julia Henry called The Garden Squad Mystery, and the first one is Pruning the Dead, which (laughs) I am reading right now, and yeah, it's actually, it's pretty funny. Um, Sounds great. There is a, this woman, 65 years old, her name is Lily, and um, she lost her husband two years ago, and her friends are trying to help her get back out into the social life by hosting this massive garden party. And so she agrees to it, and uh, lo and behold, uh, her first husband's third wife, who is a (laughs) massive drama queen, decides that she's going to show up at this party. She drinks way too much, she causes a massive scene, and has to be escorted off the property. So it's no surprise when she's found dead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing that I found so funny about this, though, is that Lily kind of doesn't care and interested in getting involved herself which is generally not the way a lot of your cozies go it's the normally the woman wants to play the sleuth but then like her best friend is being accused of it and she's like well okay i'm gonna be here to support my friend and she's not really so far been much of a sleuth she's mostly just been an observer 
And it's kind of a nice, refreshing twist. Instead of her just being the busybody, right. she just kind of happens to be standing there when this happens. And I don't mind her being a little passive as far as this goes. She's mostly just making really snarky comments. Which so, I would be in for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, uh, at the end of the book, there are all kinds of gardening tips. So, oh, yeah, and it's it's all, you know, organic and natural and... You were talking about the planting marigolds. Mm -hmm. That's how I knew. I, from that book, I knew the yeah. the tip of planting marigolds and it bringing bees in. That's yep. that I learned it from from that cozy mystery. Yeah, you can so, learn a lot from your books. You that's can. <laughs> that sounds like another good solution for if you're not into reading a really long nonfiction book or even a really short nonfiction book like me, kind of getting that mm -hmm. knowledge with also a dose of entertainment. Yes. Right, right. Well, I also kind of fell away from gardening and finding books for today's podcast, but there's a book coming out on March 12th. It's called When the Sky Fell on Splendor by Emily Henry. Um, it's being pitched as a cross between Jeff Zentner's Serpent King and Stranger Things. So mm. the cover looks very Stranger Things Goonies-y, mm -hmm. but then there's like a giant um, spaceship on the cover as well. Oh. So it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It follows a group of friends that are in a Midwest town. I think they're in Ohio. Um, they find themselves dealing with unexpected powers after a cosmic event. So uh, five years ago, a local steel mill, uh, ex there was an explosion. So they these kids are dealing with the trauma and tragedy of family members and all this stuff happening. So they kind of bond together and they create a YouTube channel and they just kind of film things around town and they have a small following. But then at one point they are filming and something falls and crashes from the sky so there's a bunch of stuff that will happen after that i'm sure and i'm i'm actually really looking forward to it a lot of people are getting hyped yeah so i think it'll be a fun one i have to say there aren't a whole lot of gardening books coming out uh this <laughs> uh this month for adults uh basically right now if you are a series reader like if you like to read a lot of different adult fiction series this is your christmas i'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> march is when a lot of big series are coming out um march 5th broken bone china the next book in the t-shot mystery series by laura childs is coming out uh wolf pack by cj box which is the next joe pickett novel is coming out on again on march 12th on March 19th, Clive Cussler is rele releasing his latest Dirk Pitt adventures called Celtic Empire. And then on March 26th, we have uh, Twofer, Dark Tribute by Iris Johansson, which is the next book in the Eve Duncan series, and Wild Card by Stuart Woods, which is the next book in the Stone Barrington series, are coming out. Yeah. March 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th all have major series releases. <laughs> I told you, it is your Christmas. Really you intense. have a lot of work to do soon. I do, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think it's time for my favorite part, which is talking about what we're geeking out about. Yes. So <laughs> what about you, Lauren? Okay, this past weekend, I saw the movie Happy Death Day to You. It's the sequel to the movie Happy Death Day. Um, I don't know how many of you listeners out there are familiar with the movie, but it is, um, the, the whole series, it's listed as horror, but it's really more horror comedy slash murder mystery. Hmm. I loved the first movie, thought it was a wonderful <laughs> take on Groundhog's Day. Nice. Interesting. Yes, it's awesome. And but with a horror uh, spin. Yes, okay. horror comedy spin. Horror comedy spin. It's, it's amazing. It's everything. You, yeah, you really have to like hit the right notes 
to make horror funny, but they really did it. And then in this one, um, there's um, a little bit more mystery involved, and I'm not going to go into too many details how, but there's some more sci-fi involved than there was yeah. in the last one. Um, and when I geek out about a movie, one of the things I do is I go to IMDb and I read the trivia for it, and I found out in the trivia there is going to be a third movie in the series so the last few days i have been scouring the internet for information or possible information or possible spoilers about this third movie that's coming out probably in two years i was gonna say it can't be that soon (laughs) no unfortunately not well that's fun i have been like super geeking out about two things right now one this morning Literally this morning, I finished You on Netflix. Oh, yeah. So has anyone else watched that yet? No. I think I have about two episodes left. Goodness, it is wild. Very addictive, yes. It is extremely addictive. The characters are so interesting. (laughs) They are. So it's kind of, it's about this dude who um, meets a girl in a bookshop, and it seems very romantic at first, but he's actually a stalker. Oh. oh, Lord. And it's kind of just this whole relationship with his stalking, and it's very creepy, but also the characters are very endearing in the way that they tell the story. Like, you shouldn't feel any good things about this creepy stalker guy, but you do because of how he he's narrating the story, so he is, like, creating his own, like, hero persona. Mm-hmm. Um, it... it I went from, like, I watched, I started, like, two days ago, and I've watched the whole <laughs> yeah. series, so it's extremely addictive, um, and it was a book, so, well, I guess is, it doesn't not become a book anymore, <laughs> um, but it's checked out right now, but I think I'm going to have to check it out, um, and there's a sequel to it, and they're going to have a second season, so I'm hoping to read the next, you know, the next book as well before then. Um, my other big love right now, and I'm not even finished with it yet, is Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. He wrote um, A Brief History of Seven Killings, which won the Man Booker Prize a couple mm. years back. Mm. And it is like, it's hard to describe what it is about. It has been described as the African Game of Thrones, which is kind of what made me pick it up to begin with. Um But it has more richly vivid characters than Game of Thrones does so it's got some sci-fi elements it has a lot of fantasy elements and it's extremely good i'm only about 26 percent in right now um but i'm in love with it and i think about it like all day nice so what about you sarah okay um well at first i was going to mention that i've been geeking out watching um x-files reruns on hulu but then i was um Actually, just this past week, um, what I've been truly obsessed with is One Strange Rock. It is a TV series on Netflix. Um, It's narrated by Will Smith. Um, It's a 10-part cinematic event series, and it explores the fragility and wonder of planet Earth. If you've ever seen the film Mother, it directed by Darren Aronofsky, he also did Black Swan. Um, he's actually the filmmaker, so y- you've kind of got his uh, vibe being interwoven into like the music and, and the direction of the series. And it's also through National Geographic. It's great. Um, they're interviewing astronauts um, and their perspective, and each show is about an hour long and explores different things from um 
like where we get oxygen for our planet. Um, and it's actually not the Amazon rainforest, I found out. Um, it's from these little critters in the oceans. So they also try to talk about how we need to protect our planet and things like that. But um, the point of the series is really just exploring the world and just seeing it from the perspective of the astronauts. Um, and it's just beautifully done. My seven-year-old's been watching it with me. Um, so I, I, it's told in a way that he can understand, but he's asking some interesting questions and um, saying some some curious things to me about the earth. And, and it's just been a good bonding experience for us to watch it together. And um, I would definitely say check it out. It's the, the, the filmmaking, it's just beautiful, like the, the creatures that they show and stuff. So um, can't uh, recommend it enough. Cool. I love that. That was like so wholesome. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that was like really great. <laughs> and I'm going back to the 90s, not quite as cool as what Sarah's was, but I have been playing um, the Pokemon trading card game. Ah. <laughs> um, my husband and I just got into it last month and we have bought some cards and we bought playing mats and we're like wholly in now. I don't even know. But we are going to use it as a way to get to know people. So we're going to go to a comic book store in Greenwood, and we're every Monday night they have like free play, so you can go and just play with whoever's there. They also have tournaments; you can pay like five bucks to get in. Um, but I also like just the element that I can go for free and just like meet people and play with them and yeah. have some fun, learn more about the game itself instead of just playing at home with my husband. So that sounds like super fun. Yeah, that's I'm, a good comic book store. I've been in there before. Comic book university. Think, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, we we already go there for all of our comics, so we're excited to go there for more. So. We have been having a lot of fun. He He's the one who got me into Pokemon in the first place just a few years ago. He got me into the the video games to get me into Pokemon Go because he knew that was coming out. So now we are just going wholly in and going for the trading card game. But that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to share the word about our new podcast, They Might Be Librarians, a Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library podcast. We would love it if you would check us out on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rate and a review.